Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 539th episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Today on our podcast, we have someone who is bringing green waste right to your driveway. We're talking with Brian Kappa about chip drop. Brian is a Portland native who combined his love of trees and technology into the chip drop web service. While hauling brush for a local tree company, he realized the potential cost savings of delivering these freshly chipped trees to neighbors and homeowners, as opposed to driving long distances to the dump and paying their heavy fees. Also, he knew that people loved free things. Brian has a history of creating life hacks to combine urban living with environmental sustainability. In 2014, he was granted permission by the Portland Water Bureau to keep two goats and a pig on a small lot in North Portland to help clear the brush and ivy without the use of pesticides. He and his roommate also kept a composting toilet in his residential North Portland home only a mile from downtown. In his spare time, he serves on the board as technical lead for Cascadia Wild, helping build and maintain their database of images of rare and threatened species in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome to the show today, Brian. Are you ready to rock wood chips? Yeah, thanks for having me. Excellent. So I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks for us and share more about the path you took to get where you're at today? Yeah, so my background's in engineering and a little bit of computer science. So combining that with a job I had taken as a brush hauler for a local tree company, I kind of put the two things together and created this chip drop app, which which helps gardeners but and also helps tree companies kind of link up and and connect to deliver wood chips. And I did that back in 2014. And ever since then, we've been growing the business, bringing it to more cities in the U.S. and Canada, and just getting the word out about about wood chips, mainly free wood chips from tree companies. And so why would anybody want to put a wood chip in their yard? Yeah, wood chips are a great resource for, for gardeners and landscapers for lots of reasons. I mean, plants love wood chips around the soil. The soil itself, you know, loves having wood chips or some organic layer on top of it, kind of for some obvious, maybe not obvious, but like mechanical reasons of 
simply keeping the, the soil from drying out. So it wood chips, a thick layer of wood chips, organic wood chips, natural wood chips from like a tree company or freshly chipped mulch, as opposed to wood chips that you might buy or mulch that you might buy in the store. Those two things are can be very different. But fresh, talking about fresh wood chips, organic mulch that's breaking down, that type of material will just hold moisture in the soil. The thicker, the better. You pile it up on top of just dry bare earth and that water will start to you know, seep into the lower layers of the soil. And then with that water, now all of a sudden worms can get in there, insects can get in there. The wood chips will break down. So then you get fungus, bacteria, all these microorganisms. Anyway, it gets very scientific and nerdy, but from like a high level, even if you don't have like a science background or anything, you can understand that like the difference between just dry, bare soil, Dirt. like the surface of Mars. Yeah, just like <laughs> scorched earth as opposed to like a lush, you know, kind of like more like foresty environment you know it really it is just wood chips it makes like almost all the difference and i i don't have a biology background but it's it's pretty clear um, and you can do the experiment in your yard too if you have some some bare earth just grab like if you were raking up leaves just grab a pile of leaves put it in a pile and leave it there for a month or two months and it yeah the soil underneath will just be kind of transformed almost, yeah, in, in a very short amount of time. So it's kind of, I, I tout it as like wood chips and mulch are just like a Band-Aid for the soil and they just kind of make everything better. And you don't have to know why it's happening, but if you use it and you kind of follow a few simple steps, it, it'll just like transform your yard. So. Yeah. You, a moment ago, you used the word kind of, and I don't think there's any kind of about it. <laughs> When you put down six or eight inches of woody mulch, especially in the desert, I, I, you know, I don't have experience up in Portland, but I have a lot of experience with woody mulch in Phoenix. And that layer holds onto the soil, you know, so it's not blowing away. It cuts down your dust. It holds onto the water. It acts like a sponge. And at the interface between the dirt and the woody mulch, you start getting this amazing soil. Yeah. We're in Los Angeles visiting some folks who had gotten wood chips from chip trap and talking to them about their yards and their their projects that they're working on and one of the ladies we talked to Megan she has this just not a very big lot just a standard residential urban lot in Los Angeles and you know she has just packed it full of berries berry shrubs and fruit trees and she is growing fruits and viney fruits and a few other varieties that that she says other gardeners she talks to just can't grow in that environment, mm -hmm. uh, and and she thinks it's a lot because of because of the wood chips. They just, I mean, really like the moisture. I think is a is a big thing. Huge. Just being like, imagine how much you'd have to water like a plant, or how much you water your plants when it's just like bare earth. Like the soil just loses that moisture almost immediately. But with wood chips, it's I mean, it's almost like you in a lot of cases you don't need to water because the wood chips are just keeping that moisture in there. Mm -hmm. It's great stuff. Oh, yeah. You mentioned in your sharing about wood chips a moment ago, natural and organic. And I just want to take a pause on that and have you dig into that a little bit deeper because you can go to nurseries and big box stores and they will sell you a, a mulch that isn't wood. So many things can be a mulch. So that's why there's like rubber mulch. It's like rubber. Well, rubber isn't organic. It doesn't break down, but you can use it as a mulch, basically just a layer on top of the soil. So mulch is kind of a more generic term, but yes, and there are many different types of mulch. So, and they all do many different types of things. I kind of break it down for, at least for our users, for the chip drop users of, um, are you doing this for an aesthetic purpose? Like, 
are you just creating like a visually aesthetic? Is that really your primary goal? Or are you trying to like grow plants or, you know, support the plants that you have in your yard, which everyone has some plants in their yard. So most people want those plants to be healthy. But but they, that's kind of how I break it down. And so people who are just looking for an aesthetic mulch, you know, I might refer them to maybe dyed mulches or even rubber mulch sometimes. It could make sense. And you're just caveating that with the fact that, you know, it's not going to help your soil as much or even at all in the case of rubber mulch. But if that's what you want, then that's what you want. And it's important that, you know, folks get what they want. But folks who are concerned more on gardening, the plants, the soil, you know, just kind of understand a little bit like, okay, these are living organisms in my yard. I want to make sure that I have a good environment for them. Then I always refer them to not store-bought mulches, or at least not bagged mulches. But, you know, you can go also go to a lot of recycle facilities where they're composting. And, and a lot of that stuff is kind of the same stuff. It's just broken down. I would recommend to folks, if you are going to buy from like a facility that sells, you know, yards of mulch, just don't get dyed mulches. The term organic kind of gets thrown around as a buzzword. You know, I, I don't know if that's as important or not. If you did buy certified organic mulch, I mean, that'd be great. You're probably going to spend a lot for it. The main thing, though, is that dyes aren't added, that it's not really treated. What you want is just like as natural of like whatever leaf, wood, you know, plant material that was mm-hmm. broken down, just in its most natural, as as raw as possible, essentially, like as as little processing as possible. Even even to the extent of like, well, again, depending on what, if you're using a mulch or like a compost, and that gets a little more nerdy scientific. But if you're looking for a mulch, like a top layer on top of your soil, you almost don't even want it like broken down into too small a pieces. Like, because uh, some of the larger pieces, and this gets back to like aesthetic mulching versus garden mulching. Mm-hmm. And for the purposes of like soil and plants and garden and the health of your yard, you really want like all these different size really sticks. Like a lot of people are like, I have sticks in my mulch. It's like, yeah, well, you know, these larger pieces and these smaller pieces, they kind of create these little pockets. And that's, that's all that like kind of mass, almost like a nest is kind of what creates that, that area where the bugs and the, mm-hmm. the bacteria and the, you know, uh, microorganisms kind of thrive. And anyway, that's what creates the, the good stuff for your, for your soil. So that, that's the, the end uh, message I'm trying to relay there is just as raw as possible yeah. is, is really the most important thing. One of the things I noticed with wood chips straight from somebody that's chipping is, is that there's some greens in there and there's some browns. So it actually starts the composting process right there in your driveway, which is a really good thing. Yeah, the, the green leaves are, are great. And again, you know, a lot of the confusion about the chip drop service, a lot of questions we have to answer are, why are there leaves in my wood chips? It's like, well, two reasons. One, it's good for your plants. It's good for the soil. It, it actually makes a great mulch to have leaves in there. Two, if you're worried about aesthetics or anything like that, you know, a lot of folks are like, I just raked up my leaves. I don't want more leaves in the yard. And <laughs> right? that's total, that totally makes sense. But what I try to tell people is like, look, spread it out in your yard. It looks big and fluffy and all kinds of different colors. It kind of looks for, you know, a lot of wood chip piles that get delivered look a little bit, you know, ugly, maybe for lack of a better word, when they get delivered. And so people are scared. They're like, I don't want to put this, you know, garbage is another term I hear a lot of. I don't want to put this garbage in my yard. And what I tell people is like, look, everyone, people are using this. It's not, it's not a scam. It's not garbage. Spread it out in your yard in the areas you want to mulch. Lay it on thick. You know, you have a lot of wood chips there. When you get wood chips from a tree company through chip drop, you get, you know, upwards of 20 yards sometimes. And that scares a lot of people. They don't want to do all that work. But I just say, 
spread it out, you know, lay it on thick, 12 inches, 18 inches, just lay it on thick. It's this big poofy mass that you're kind of laying on your yard. After about a month, it'll be half the size mm-hmm. it was when you laid it down. That it'll, is all, the case. All the little sti- yeah, all the sticks and twigs that were sticking up before that you were like tripping on, those will all flatten out. So it'll become like more flat, more like you're used to seeing. And if you have any sun exposure at all, that sun will bleach all of that, those sticks and twigs that all become the same color, the green leaves will turn brown. So it'll, it'll kind of turn in the thing that you were expecting it to become more and become more aesthetically pleasing. So yeah, with regards to leaves and all that stuff, it, it doesn't look like it at first when you get it, but it's okay because when you lay it down, it, it will transform and become more, more aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. And one of the distinctions that I want to make today is that woody mulch goes on top. You don't ever want to put woody mulch in your garden, growing garden beds. If, if you put it in the garden beds, it goes on the top layer. It doesn't go in the soil. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a, that's a really great point. Another, there's a lot of misconceptions about mulching. Um, and so I always try to like, like just really try to correct some of those misconceptions. And so one of the misconceptions we get is that, oh, such and such type of wood chip or maybe pine is a big one. Like I can't use pine wood chips in my yard for a mulch. In the south, like in the west coast in Los Angeles, nobody wants oleander, nobody wants eucalyptus. These are species where people are like, they've heard from some place or another that they can't use this wood chip as a mulch. And I think what that gets to is like what you said, if you mix wood, any wood chips into your soil, you're kind of doing something different. Basically, you don't want any decomposing wood or organic material in the soil next to the roots of your plants because, yeah, you're creating this barrier. So you want to keep it on top. And if you do that and you do it correctly, you can use any wood chips um, in your soil. There's a lot of scientific papers and research about what wood chips do in the soil. Like, do they consume all the nitrogen? Do they leach do they change the pH, you know, aggressively, like pine needles are a big one? Are they going to change the pH and kill my plants? Yeah, are they going to leach other other chemicals into the into the soil? And the, the answer is if you do it right, most studies show no, 99.9% of any type of species of tree is a fine mulch, eucalyptus, oleander, you can use it all. Just don't don't mix it into the soil, keep it on top and you should be fine. Now, There are other folks, and probably many folks who listen to your podcast, who are like growing ornamental roses and they're measuring the pH of their soil. I'm definitely not speaking to those people (laughs) because if you are doing those things and you are measuring the pH and you're really trying to like maximize your, basically if you're a gardening nerd, which, you know, show of hands, some of us are, that's totally fine. And in your case, yeah, maybe you want to be more specific. I'm speaking more to basically everybody else who can garden and should know that gardening doesn't need to be that complicated so right well and what i've found is that adding woody mulch adding organic matter to the soil it kind of normalizes the ph it normalizes the your gardens it it makes them better to grow in yeah for sure adding any woody or organic material as a mulch will more than likely improve whatever you had going on there before so yeah 
again, when you start getting to the minutia of like, oh, I need my, my pH to be just so, that's a different conversation and that's a different type of gardening. Um, for most people, you know, most of us have a job. We're not spending eight hours, you know, five hours a day in our garden. We, you know, we have like maybe 30 minutes or an hour a day to spend in our garden. We don't have a lot of time. We just, you know, we want to be able to garden, but also we have these other things we have to do. For those right. people, you, yeah, it's it's not that complicated just follow a few simple instructions. If Even if you don't plan on getting wood chips, we're trying to build the ChipDrop website, and it's uh, chipdrop.com or getchipdrop.com to be a resource for mulching and gardening. So there's a lot, of, a lot of tips how to mulch, how to mulch around trees, if you're sheet mulching, how to do that. So, and it, again, it's not, we don't make it complicated. We just kind of break it down. Just follow these, these couple steps, and it's pretty simple. Nice. Lots, add lots and lots and lots and lots of organic matter to your gardens, especially in the desert, especially in the desert. So Chip Drop, what is it? Chip Drop is a web service. So it's a website. We don't technically have an app, but the website works just like an app. So you can pull it up your, on your phone or on your computer, chipdrop.com. You can either sign up as a gardener, someone who wants to get wood chips for your yard or your garden. We have a lot of community gardens that sign up. We have a lot of schools that sign up to get wood chips. And so anybody who wants to get wood chips can sign up there on the website. You create an account, and then you can basically put yourself on a list. You just check a box or submit a request. And when you do that, then all the tree companies who work in your area, all the people who are delivering wood chips, getting rid of wood chips, they'll see your house on the map. And if they happen to be close by, um, because it's a convenience thing for them, then they will just deliver wood chips to your house where you specified in your profile that you wanted them dropped. So if you have a driveway, you can say, yeah, drop them in the driveway. If you don't have a driveway, some cities allow, you know, um, a certain amount of time to kind of block the right of way on mm -hmm. the side of the road where like a car would park so you can have it delivered there. And then, yeah, you might show up one day home from work and there's a pile of wood chips sitting there and all you have to do is sign up on a website and it's free. So it's a pretty, pretty easy process to, to try to get some wood chips for your yard with a few uh, caveats and gotchas, which we, we cover on our website to yeah. kind of streamline it and make it all work. One of the things I've noticed with your service, when it first came out a couple, when I first discovered it a couple of years ago, it was taking a very long time to get chips dropped. In fact, that was one of the complaints. And now what I've started hearing in 2019 and 2020, people are waiting hours to days and things are, and they're showing up. How has that progression worked? Yes. So typically it's worked by we've, ne we've needed people to sign up and essentially wait in order to get the service started and established in a new city. So you might be a gardener thinking, oh, I'll sign up for chip drop. You sign up and then, you know, you never hear anything back. And that could be common either because there's no tree companies using it, using chip drop in your area, or it could be common because there's thousands of other homeowners signed up and there's just not enough wood chips to go around. We try to inform people of like the level of activity and like about it's hard to say how long you might have to wait for a delivery but in general it is a waiting game this is one of the caveats of using the service and we try to just really be transparent about that look we can't guarantee you're going to get wood chips we provide a few other recommendations on how to get wood chips so you know if you signed up for chip drop you might also go call a couple tree companies in your neighborhood as well and maybe one of them will just deliver wood chips to you and then you can take your chip drop request off the list at the end of the day, we just want people to get wood chips, and we want to grow the service. The service is growing, like you said. So in cities where 
it's kind of slow to get going. Year after year, we're finding more people are using it. We're getting more tree companies on board. So in the Phoenix area, I know specifically the service has grown a lot. And so there's more tree companies using it and then more gardeners signing up. And so that's just kind of growing the service organically. So, nice. Yeah. And how far reaching is it? Like where are you uh, in, in the world? So in in the U.S. and Canada, we're in most major cities. There's only a couple of cities in the U.S. and Canada where where the service just hasn't picked up just because we haven't got that supply and demand system dialed yet. But for the most part, there's some amount of usership in every major metro region in the U.S. It's it's more popular and more common in, in urban areas because that's where tree companies are more sort of desperate to get rid of their wood chips. It's more expensive for them. In rural areas, it could still work, but tree companies have more options to get rid of their wood chips. And at the end of the day, the only reason why tree companies use the service is because it's convenient or easy. They just want to get rid of their wood chips as quickly as possible. So When it's quite expensive to take wood chips to the dump. Yep. Yeah. Fees for the for the dump for a load of wood chips, a 20-yard load of wood chips could be as expensive as $300. Sometimes it's free, but even in places where it's free, the crew may have to drive an hour to the dump and that's easily $300 of lost revenue, lost time for the company. So yeah, it saves tree companies a lot of money and that's why the service is a paid service for tree companies. So tree companies actually pay to use the service and it's free for gardeners. And that's that's kind of why it's free wood chips. That's why we set it up so that homeowners can get free wood chips. Yeah, nice. Well, there's an option for a homeowner to pay the dump fee of $20 to get it dumped in their driveway. And that, that might motivate the chipping companies to drop in my driveway if I wanted a quicker load, right? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, we make that option voluntary. We want people to know, hey, it is free wood chips. You definitely can get free wood chips if you sign up. If you're willing to pay a little bit and make it free for the the tree company, which is what we do, basically, if the homeowner or the gardener is willing to pay the 20 bucks, then the tree company doesn't have to pay. So you can sort of give an incentive for the tree company to deliver to you. And that actually works really well when, so in Portland, there's for sure, especially in the spring and summer, far more gardeners who want wood chips than there are wood chips to go around. Right. So I always tell people like, look, if you're willing to pick, pitch in 20 or 40 bucks, you know, we give that back to the tree company as a credit essentially, mm-hmm. and you'll get them sooner. And the nice thing is, is that's still far cheaper than you would have to pay for those wood chips. So we're still not, I don't feel like we're selling wood chips. You know, we're just saying, look, there's, there's drive time. And then obviously, you know, chip drop needs to pay itself and and stay keep the lights on so if you're just willing to pay that cost then you can still get wood chips for you know a fraction of what you would normally pay so oh yeah and then just speaking on how to get wood chips quicker or make it easier for the tree companies there's also an option for you to accept logs because a lot of times these tree companies are cutting down trees mm-hmm. they chip they chip the smaller branches but the bigger logs won't go through the chipper so a lot of times they'll throw you know five, 10 of these logs in the back of the truck. It's a few, it's not a lot, so it's a small fraction of the load. But if you're willing to take those logs and either you know, use them in your yard, they, they make great features in gardens and stuff, and they, they also help the soil. Just setting a log down on the ground where that log touches the ground, it'll start to break down and promote lots of great organisms for the garden. But if you're willing to take those logs, that'll help out the tree companies a lot too and might get you some wood chips quicker. Quicker, yeah. Well, and there's something out there called Hugel culture. 
basically how it works is you take these logs and you bury them in dirt. And I've heard about hugoculture. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know a lot about it, but I have heard about it. I don't know how it works because that, that's kind of different than mulch, right? We yep. said like, oh, don't bury your mulch and now you're burying wood. But I have heard great things about it. It makes sense. Yes. I just don't know how it works in a garden setting like yeah. where you're trying to plant plants as well. But uh, yeah, that's it's a cool project for sure. And there's there's some science behind it. If you want more information about Hugo culture, just you know ch- search it on the internet. Yeah. But logs is a, are a good thing. In fact, we're doing a class here in, at the Urban Farm in a couple of weeks where a gentleman's coming in and going to be talking about mushrooms and we need logs for mushrooms. <laughs> That's how you grow mushrooms. You inoculate the mushrooms right in the log, and so that's another thing to do with them. That's very cool. Yeah, and and on that same note, you can actually many folks use chip drop to get just logs, and you, that's another thing you can specify in your profile on wow. big tree removals where a company is taking down a big tree. They will load up a trailer with just logs, and they, just like the wood chips, they need to get rid of it. And they, so you, can, we have a wood burning stove at our house, and that's how we get all of our firewood oh, um, nice. every year to heat our home is yeah. with free free chip drop load, and, it, and it's it's super great. Now there's a caveat with that too: you have to have a chainsaw and some splitting malls ready because you'll have to process all the wood yourself. It's right. not going to show up pre-split, but it's another cool way to use just a local free resource that literally otherwise would just go to the dump and just just sit there. So it, it's pretty neat. So you got this idea because you were hauling chips. And I happen to believe that this is a revolutionary idea. You have discontinued, unhinged the dump process where, you know, mostly this stuff goes to a dump and you're you're getting it into people's gardens. Tell me a little bit, I know you mentioned, you know, in, in your bio how this started, but I want a little bit more because this is an absolutely brilliant idea. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not, you know, it's not an original idea. There are a couple other tree companies that have essentially tried to do this. And if you go to some tree companies' websites, they might have their own list of people that they, you can sign up and essentially you would just be signing up for that one company, mm-hmm. which kind of limits, which kind of limits you as the gardener because, you know, obviously there's less wood chips to go around if it's just one company. So yeah, but basically by creating this master list, it obviously helps out the gardeners and helps out the tree companies and kind of puts everyone together. It, it cuts out the middleman. Like you said, we're eliminating the dump where you previously would have to take it. And in some cities, the dump might just mean like literally it'd get buried with garbage and yep. in the landfill. In other towns, like in Portland, you know, we have green waste facilities. So the tree companies don't throw the green waste in the dump. It goes to a facility where it gets mulched and broken down. And then, you know, they either sell that or give it away for free. But again, that's kind of an inefficient process because it's make the wood chips are making two trips as opposed to just one. So mm-hmm. it chip drop does definitely make it more efficient. It it works great in neighborhoods where folks have driveways because then the trucks can back into the driveway and drop the wood chips in really dense cities metro regions it's a little trickier because you know roads are narrow narrower lots are smaller but it does still work we're working on a a feature a feature which we're going to be rolling out this spring called the chip drop network and what we want to do is basically accommodate all the people who want to use chip drop and use wood chips in their yard but just don't have a space to get 20 yards of wood chips delivered onto their property while they're at work without any advance notice right so that's that's a, that's a tricky thing for a lot of people to sign up for and i yeah. totally understand but a lot of people can't use the service because of that so we're trying to create this chip drop network to basically put people in touch with each other basically basically like 
okay, 10 neighbors all want wood chips. Maybe three of those people can actually get a delivery and then the rest of the people can, you know, pool together and come pick it up from them or something. So we're building that into the the chip drop service and that should be available uh, sometime this spring. Nice. Nice. Yeah, that's that's one of the complaints I get about chip drop. It's like I can't take twenty yards. Yeah, and, and it's most people are surprised. You know, you twenty yards sounds like a lot. It looks like a lot when it's sitting in your driveway. Mm-hmm. But uh, just this example, like I mentioned the other week, we were at Megan's house. She has is probably less than five thousand square foot lot. Wow. Um, maybe four thousand square foot lot. She got a twenty yard load. Didn't think she was going to be able to use it all, and now she just requested her second load because she <laughs> right? she spread it all out and it went away. It disappears. Like you spread all that material out, especially if you're laying it on thick, which you don't normally do with store-bought mulches. If you're going to go buy bark mulch and just kind of scatter it around or pay your landscaper to scatter it around, you don't need that much because you're just putting a superficial layer on the surface. But with with, uh, woody mulch, yeah, you want 12 inches because the more, really the more, the better with some caveats. But yeah, so it, it goes quickly. And but but yeah, even if you can use 20 yards, maybe you just don't have a driveway or maybe the the tree company just can't deliver it to you. So we want to be able to to let neighbors kind of work together to try to to get wood chips to more people. Nice. The last load I got of wood chips, I uh, I got about 20 yards in my driveway and I used about half of it. And then I just posted the rest of it on Facebook and, you know, people came down and shoveled up. Yeah. Yeah, you can post it on Facebook, Craigslist, Nextdoor, whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah. And yeah, you, most people can get rid of any excess mulch pretty quickly. We wanted to kind of create more of a gardening community in this chip drop network and make people feel a little more comfortable. So not mm-hmm. everyone's comfortable posting things on Craigslist uh, right. or having strangers come to their house. So we're going to try to make it more of like a community feel and yeah, just get, get people together mulching. The other thing that Megan mentioned is, you know, her and her neighbor worked together and they helped each other spread the mulch. And that was cool. The other thing is not everyone has like a wheelbarrow. So, right. you know, neighbors can work together to share simple tools. One little known fact that a lot of people don't know is the pitchfork is the best tool for moving wood chips it is great yep but not everyone has a pitchfork like who has a pitchfork so somebody wants to get a load of chips from chip drop first thing they do they go to your website they sign up what does the whole process look like yeah so we try to make it as simple as possible at the end of the day you're just adding yourself to a list and so but but you do have to set up a couple things before you can be on that list so after you create an account you log into your account on the website and then we need you to verify your phone number and your physical address where Mm -hmm. you want the wood chips to be delivered to that's very important it's very important you get the address right we don't want you to accidentally sign your neighbor up for wood chips or someone on the other side of the city for wood chips so you got to verify where your location is and where you want the wood chips delivered to and we want your phone number verified because sometimes a tree company will will show up at your site and they might just have a question so we want them to be able to reach out to you if they need to a lot of times they'll just deliver and there's no problem so we need those two pieces of information and then we want we want to ask you questions about what what do you want some people just want most people just want wood chips for mulching 
Some people want just logs, like I mentioned before, so they want firewood. Or some people, you know, might take wood chips and then add some logs in there to make it easier for the tree company. So we try to, like, get a sense for what you're comfortable requesting. And then you leave a description explaining where you want the wood chips to be delivered. In the coming months, we're going to add a feature where you can upload a photo of your property so and, and maybe leave, like, a, a marker where you want the wood chips dropped on your property. Um, that's been a, a request we've had a oh, lot yes. of people make. So we'll probably be, that feature isn't there right now, but basically tell people to use your, do the best you can with just leaving a description. Then other recommendation we make to folks is to leave like a sign on the property, like wood chips here. That way it's really clear to the tree company. And then like we mentioned before, you can opt to offer a donation. It's not really a donation because we're not a nonprofit, but it's essentially paying the arborist fee or you don't have to. You can skip that step. If you do opt to do that, we don't charge you right then because obviously we don't know if you're even going to get wood chips. Mm. But you can you can specify that you will pay. You input your credit card and we'll just keep that on file. And when you get the delivery, then we'll charge you that amount. You can offer as much as $80, just kind of the max we feel comfortable, you know, charging people. But the idea there is like, we'll just give, we'll take $20 and then the, the rest we'll give back to the tree company. So it's that dump will be free, free for them and then they'll have more free dumps. So we just give all that extra money back to the tree company. We only take $20. So yeah, as generous as you're willing to to be, or like we said before, you can definitely skip that step. Over half of our deliveries are all free, so it's definitely not a scam. We get that a lot. People are like, oh, this is just a scam, but no, it's, it's not a scam. You, if you want free wood chips, we are all about free wood chips. Yeah, and, and it's worth it. I mean, if you pay 20 or $80 for a 20 cubic yard load of wood chips, that is a screaming deal. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 well below the the market value of oh, having that yeah, amount of material delivered. And then there is an option if you don't want any species, you definitely can list that. So you know, if you don't want uh, eucalyptus or oleander, or maybe you don't want, maybe you have animals in your yard and you're worried about species. Um, I don't know. That's up to you. We don't provide any recommendations. We always tell people like you don't. Most of the times, it's fine. You don't need to list anything here. But we do give you that option, and the tree companies should honor that. Although sometimes they, you know, skip over that step. But anyway, the tree companies should honor that. And if, you know, sometimes folks have a a dispute, Uh, you mentioned what happens if you have a dispute. So you submit your request, then you're just on the list. And if you change your mind later, let's say you go on vacation and you're not going to be home and you don't want to get a delivery while you're away, Mm -hmm. or maybe you've been waiting a long time and so you just decided to get wood chips from somewhere else, you just log back onto your site and just cancel your request and it's just gone. So you have control over, you know, keeping yourself on the list, but then you submit that request and then you just wait. You're not guaranteed any notice prior to a delivery, although we will send you an email when a tree company has sort of committed that they're going to drop. That doesn't mean anything about when the delivery is going to happen. It could be two days later, or the wood chips could already be at your site. So it's not really like advanced notice per se, but we did do send you an email, and that email has the contact information of the tree company as well. And then you show up, you have your wood chips, and that's it. And that's the process. Nice. Nice, nice. All right. Anything else that you want to share before we transition? Oh, the complaint. Yeah. So if you there's ever a complaint about a chip drop delivery, the nice thing about using the chip drop service as opposed to just calling a tree company independently is that there's a little bit more traceability on our system. So, you know, you place a request and then we can see what that request was in your history profile. So if there was a dispute, let's say the tree company left Laurel and you had specified that you didn't want Laurel for a you know a specific reason, we can we can look back on that and then 
follow up with the tree company, or if you specified that you did not want logs, like maybe you just can't move logs or you can't deal with it, and the tree company put logs in there, we can follow up with the tree company and hey, be like, hey, look, you get your crew obviously like kind of kind of missed this this bit, and most companies are willing to fix any mistakes they make, nice. um, and so we can we can kind of help out with that. Perfect, awesome. Thank you so much for this for for the service and and for doing what you're doing. I love it. Yeah. So I'm going to shift on you, and I'd like for you to talk about a time you failed, how you overcame that failure, and what you might have learned from it. Yeah. So one of my failures. This doesn't have to relate to the chip drop service specifically, but just sort of in like urban gardening and and whatnot, and and sort of using public lands or public resources or just free resources. I, like you mentioned in the bio, I'm kind of always trying to make these hacks or use resources that are available that people don't know about. One example is there's this uh, coffee roaster in our neighborhood, and a lot of people don't know, but you can drive out to this giant coffee roaster, and uh, they have burlap sacks that you yes. can use, and I've used those before for sheet mulching. They have coffee husks, which are like, it's like sawdust, but it smells like coffee, and it's really light and fluffy, so I use that for composting. Anyways, long story short, there was a, some property nearby us. It was on the water bureaus. The water bureau owns some private some properties near their water tanks that they have in Portland, mm-hmm. and we wanted to plant some native plants in one of these properties. And so we sort of did it without having their permission. <laughs> sort of? <laughs> sort of. And what ended up happening was that they mowed it all down. Mm. <laughs> so the failure there would be like, yeah, working with people to try to accomplish, you know, urban farming or kind of these agricultural goals, but like working together with people. Yeah. Yeah. Got to do that. And what do you consider your biggest success? I don't know if it'd be my biggest success, but definitely creating the chip drop service, putting it all together and following through. It's taken, you know, three to four years to really get it established, but growing it outside of just my own city into other cities. Um, That definitely was the biggest challenge. And I think it's been my biggest, the biggest success for us, for the company, because, um, because it benefits everyone almost worldwide. We haven't tapped into overseas, you know, markets, but um, there's no reason it couldn't work in the UK or in Australia or in New Zealand. So just, just being, being able to grow it and communicate and do that type of marketing that we need to do to, to make it work and to grow it, I think has been, yeah, I'd, I'd call it a success. <laughs> I'd call it a huge success. And what drives you? I think the main thing that drives me in particular with like working on the chip drop service or, or things like that are just solving problems, taking advantage of untapped resources and kind of just making our society as a whole just a little bit more efficient. There's a lot of waste in society. There's just a lot of things that get kind of overlooked. And so just being able to like make things simple and easy and fix problems, that's that's kind of like how my brain works. I just always want to solve these problems and, and make things simple and easy. The cool thing about technology and apps and our phones and everything that we have now is that they solve a lot of problems. They make this logistical challenge of getting these tree companies the information they need to deliver wood chips like directly to your house very simple. So the chip drop service is kind of like the, the, the key in between there that makes it work. So yeah. yeah, solving problems. Excellent. And if you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be and why? I'm 
going to recommend two books. The first one is The Humanure Handbook by Joseph Jenkins. Mm. Even if you don't want composting toilet in your yard, it's a great book with a lot of data on composting. So if you're interested about composting, you should definitely read this book. It's I've never seen a book with more references and scientific charts and data. It's pretty amazing. So if you're a composting nerd, you should def- definitely check that one out. And then Let It Rot by Stu Campbell. That's another good book that just sort of emphasizes how simple composting can be and how how not complicated. You don't need to make it super complicated. So anyway, I really like that book. It breaks it all down really simply. Excellent. And if you had one final piece of advice for our listeners, what would it be? Get out in your yard and garden and take stick a shovel into the ground and turn it upside down and see what it looks like. And yeah, see if you can make your dirt a healthier place for your plants. Amen to that. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show today, Brian. Thanks for having me. How can our listeners get a hold of you? Yeah, so the easiest way is just to go to chipdrop.com and go to the website. We have our email there. But yeah, just chipdrop.com. You can even just Google chipdrop and you find us that way. And yeah, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. You can also find show notes from today's podcast at urbanfarm.org forward slash chipdrop. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, Hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago. Then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's denalicanning.com forward slash free.